All right, welcome everyone to uh, Startup Mind event. Uh, I sincerely want to apologize for the technical uh, difficulty, uh, uh, but it's good that we have our speakers here now who will join us and uh, and share with us today. All right, so um, welcome to Startup Grind. We host thousands of events globally every year, but more than that, Startup Grind is a community. All right, we bring like-minded, diverse individuals together to connect, to learn, to teach, to help, to build, and to belong. So we are excited to celebrate Web3 Month in February. Uh, our mission is to educate, connect, and explore the next wave of the web. Uh, we'll be hosting virtual events all through the month uh, with founders, investors, thought leaders, evangelists, and creators around the globe. So if you're looking to bridge the gap between Web2 and Web3, uh, join our events for, for the month. Uh, today, we have an amazing and phenomenal person uh, with us today. Uh, and so again, want to apologize for the technical difficulties we face getting you here. But we have Unkuka Chiedu with us today, and we have Franklin Peters. Uh, Unkuka is the co-founder and director at the Device Place, and then uh, Franklin Peters is the uh, uh, the founder and CEO of Boundless Pain, Boundless Limited, actually. And we have these two phenomenal people here with us today, and we're going to be hearing from them a perspective on Web3. So I'll just allow um, you, Chiedu, uh, to go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, after that, Franklin will also introduce himself. Thank you very much. And then we can proceed. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, everyone. I'm Okoka Chiedu. Uh, just like I was introduced earlier, I'm the co-founder and the CEO for the device place, and we are a hardware engineering company that's powering the next wave of innovation via trusted computer support and ideas. So, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. All right, welcome, 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 Jadu. Uh, please um, go ahead, uh, tell us about uh, the three P's of, of, of Web3. We'll just go straight right to it. There's a lot of things um, already about. NFTs and all of those stuff. So let's hear your perspective, please. Hello. Right. Okay. Yes. So there's been a lot of buzz, a lot of hype, a lot of noise about Web Theory, um, the coming web, the next web. You know, it's not by different names. So what exactly is this Web Theory? That's what we want to look at today. And the thing is this, uh, it's bound to be like that because the thing is anything connected with the internet anything connected with technology is bound to generate a lot of hype and so i can understand the reason why a lot of people are getting a lot of noise and all that so the thing is how what is web theory in essence let's define web theory now we web theory is a term that was coined by the the inventor of the web tim berners lee and um, it was supposed to be uh, the next generation of the web after Web 1.0 and Web 2.0. Web 3.0 was supposed to be the next iteration of the web. And what is Web 3? Web 1.0 was the static web. I think that was the first stage of the web that came, and it was basically like a one-way highway. You could just post things. It was just basically text, uh, graphics, a bit of graphics, you know, uh, voice, music, you could do some of those things, but they were just a bit of one way. There was little to no uh, interaction about it, you know. So, 
that was web one. Is it's called they call it the static web. Now next web two came up, but and that was when the social web came up. And the social web, we all know what is social. That was when social media came up. It was more interactive than web one, and we had a lot of user-generated content. We had um, there was this explosion of so many platforms, so many social media platforms. We all know them: Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, YouTube, Vimeo, and so on and so forth. And what was really different about Web 2.0 was that um, users could generate content this time. They could interact within each other, and there was more interact interaction. And but due to the fact that some companies were at the forefront of this uh, web, this iteration of the web, Web 2.0, it so happened that with time, those companies that were giving people the access and the platforms to showcase their talent, create content, they began to generate, wield a lot of power, you know. And so one of the uh, disadvantages, or would I say one of the side effects of Web 2.0 was that if people could post anything that they wanted to. And um, it, it was now the prerogative of the platforms to have to pull the content that was posted. You know, and so the content, the platform now began to have a lot of power. They they had a lot of authority, so to speak. And what what it, what that meant was that, in some ways, it was good. In some ways, it was not so good because the thing is this: if your view doesn't tally with what the mainstream, what the you are kicked off the platform. You know, and so uh, it happened like that. We saw a lot of scandals. Facebook, there was a lot of misinformation on Facebook. There. Information. Facebook had to fight a lot of stuff like that. They, they even went to probes and all that. Instagram, there's still that issue of um, hate speech, uh, misinformation, and so forth, so forth. So that went on, and we are still in the generation of Web 2.0, actually. But now we are now having the third iteration of the web, and it's called Web 3.0. And Web 3.0 is supposed to be the semantic web. Now, what it means by semantic is that instead of uh, we supplying the information to the web, the web can generate and utilize and draw information and meaning from the data it gets on its own. And what that means is that AI is involved, artificial intelligence is involved, data processing is involved, machine learning is involved, you know. And what it also means is that another... Uh, defining characteristics of Web 3.0 that's coming up is that it's decentralized. Unlike in the instance of Web 2.0 where the platforms could actually control you, they could regulate you, in Web 3.0, that control is moved. And so this is that every entity on Web 3.0 can move without control, can move without borders, can move without uh, regulation and all that. It has its good side and it also has its bad side. Because the thing is this, we all know that law enforcement has its good side, it also has its bad Power can be abused. And so one of the things that uh, the Web 3.0 brings about is decentralized power. People can post whatever they like. A lot of misinformation can come up and you can't control it. Another thing about Web 3.0 that is supposed to be multi 
multi-platform oriented, which means you can you should be able to move from one platform to the other without having one platform control your movement. And what that means is that you should, your identity is based on you, is embedded in you. Your digital identity is embedded in you. And what it means is that it, it's supposed to be a trust, they call it trustless. It's supposed to be trustless. Uh, um, how do I put it now? It's supposed to be trustless. And so what that means is that permissionless, you don't need the permission of platform to go to another platform, to move to another platform. Basically, just like when we had this uh, number porting system in Nigeria, I hope you remember there was a time when uh, people were having issues with one particular network, and if you wanted to switch, uh, it was kind of hard to do so. But what that later happened was that NCC came up with um, guidelines, which were, it's happening in advanced countries, but now in Nigeria, it's possible to port your MTN number to another network and still retain the same number. And so Web 3.0 is supposed to be trustless and permissionless. Another thing about Web 3.0 that is confidential, or it's supposed to be safe. Now, the way our Web 3 handles its security or its safety is through um, what we call cryptography or encryption. And what that means is that uh, it works by three, there are three uh, basic principles by which the cryptography of Web 2.0 works with. There's integrity, there's confidentiality, and there's authenticity. That number one, people can verify that you are this person. You are who you say you are. It is visible, it is plain, it is transparent to everybody. Number two, confidentiality means that that's that identity is confidential to only you are the only one who can change it and that that was what brought about the issue of um blockchain uh, i'll still define blockchain later on and also we have integrity which means that nobody nothing should be able to tamper with your identity on that way and so it is this theory uh this theory principle that we now have the uh idea of the blockchain now, what's a blockchain? A blockchain is simply a database that is decentralized. Okay, thank you. So, before you go into blockchain, um, just a moment, please. Okay. Now, you, you're saying so much amazing things, all right? But yeah. um, for those who want to, who want functional, um, functional um, use cases of, of these things, okay, exactly practical use cases of these things. Um, how how do they relate with it? Well, how, how you relate with it is this. Um, when you understand, first of all, it's good that you're on a platform like this, you're on an event like this where you can learn more about it. So, because what I like to advise people is that before you begin to, it's good you understand it. You know, they say that when the purpose of the thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. So, first of all, by going out of your way to learn more about those technologies, now, apart from what you learn about them, some of the practical ways by which you can also make use of them, we are seeing some of the things that they embody nowadays. I hope we have seen uh, all these VR glasses, virtual reality glasses. Uh, you, we majorly see them in shopping malls. Th those are some of the applications of Web 3.0. 
because uh, one of the ideas of our Web 3.0 is there's a convergence of the digital world and the physical world. So both worlds are merged together. There's really no, you shouldn't be able to tell the difference between the digital world and physical world. And that is something that is implemented through virtual reality and augmented reality. So first of all, get out of your way to learn about these technologies. Then you now begin to take baby steps. You, you can now begin to, begin to interact with all these uh, technologies. I know some of us, some people who are listening to us today may, may have trading on cryptocurrencies, buying and selling on cryptocurrencies and all that. That's a good start too. But like I also always advise also, know what you're doing. Begin to dabble into different. They have a lot of potential. They hold, they hold a lot of potential for wealth, for influence, for many things. But it is you need to know first what you're going into before you begin to dabble into it. So I hope thank that- you, Thank uh, you so uh, much, Andrew. Thank you. All right. Also on this call, we have Franklin Peters, who is the CEO of um, Boundless Nexus Limited, and he's doing amazing things with bond Boundless Pay and so forth and so on. So please, if you can unmute yourself and introduce and share with us a little bit of the things you are doing already with uh, in the Web three space. All right, so um, um, Chidi, while he joins us again, um, can you just speak up from, from where you ended? You were talking about the three basic principles of the Web3 and how it is, um, uh, how we, um, the functional use of these things. So I, I really wanted um, Franklin to chip in a little bit about um, Web3, is how it's playing in the Web3 space, actually, because it's one of the creators in the Web3 space. And I wanted to, to chip in that before into more details about what the potential of the Web3 is and, and uh, what the problems and then what the opportunities and, uh, are, are there too. All right. So um, just like I was saying, um, those three attributes, I was talking about the three attributes of your identity on Web3.0, integrity, confidentiality, and authenticity. You know, and I said that's brought, that was what brought up the idea of the blockchain. I know a lot of people have been hearing blockchain, blockchain, blockchain. What's blockchain? What's cryptocurrency? Uh, simply put, a blockchain is a database that has many controllers, many supervisors, many users. Unlike uh, normally, if you wanted to create a database, there was only a single uh, supervisor, a single user, single admin. Blockchain, every every entry on that blockchain is visible to everybody which is kind of like a public square so which means that uh, nobody can change anything on the blockchain on that database without others knowing nobody can change anything on that database without others knowing and what it does is that it makes it secure by virtue of the fact that there's a mass policing there's mass surveillance so that's blockchain for you so now the thing is this for Cryptocurrencies to work, they need blockchains. For Web3 to work, actually, they need blockchains. Not just for cryptocurrencies, they are blockchains for other things, for digital identities. Okay. They are blockchains even for banking services and all that. So. Interesting. I... So now we have Franklin joining us. Okay. All right. So I would just like to hear his thoughts uh, on that uh, and, and how he's playing in the Web3 space, uh, really. 
Please go ahead, muted. Hello, can you hear me? All right, great. We can hear you now. Perfect. Yes, we can. Okay, awesome. Um, all right, so uh, good afternoon, everybody. I'm, I'm happy to be here today. Uh, so if I got your question, uh, what we are doing around Web 3.0, and um, exactly. I was trying to hint on some of the things that the previous speaker talked about, and about the difference between Web 2.0 and Web 3.0, the fact that Web 3.0 is more like um, an aggregator of, of, you know, the virtual world that we all know about. Uh, but I like to put it in a different form um, uh, that, that kind of is going to make it easier for everybody to understand. Now, there is the universe. I'm coming from the perspective of, of the metaverse, right? There is the universe and there is the metaverse. The universe is the one created by God, the one that, you know, we are all existing in. We can see things physically, we can interact with them, we can create things out of the raw materials that have been made available to us by God. And um, this is the universe, you know. And then there is the, uh, and then in the universe, we're able to interact with each other, uh, communication channels that is made possible or made available by the internet. So we are communicating through this multimedia, you know, uh, a device, you know, my laptop or my phone and it's made possible by the internet. But the thing is that I can only see you through the screen. I can only talk to you. I can only see what is happening. I can't have the sense of presence, right? I can't feel what you're feeling. I can't, as far as you know, we are concerned, it is just like there's, there's, there's um, um, an interface, which is the screen of, of the computer that I'm talking to you through. But you know, in the metaverse, it's different, it's different. You know, um, I'm able to uh, connect with you as though I'm there with you physically, right? I can feel your presence. I can be there with you. I, it's more like when I visit a website like www.com um, on the web 2.0, I'm only able to read messages, respond to those messages by typing on them. And I can, you know, do other things, but my digital presence, my digital identity is still locked on on that Facebook. So even though I'm no longer available to respond to you, I'm still there. You understand, right? So there is a duplicate of myself all over the place. But on 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 the meta by Web 3.0, which I'm going to talk about, right? Um, I'm I'm only available when I'm online, when I'm connected through Oculus or any other device. I'm available to you. If I disconnect, then I'm no longer available. Now that also applies to you know when you connect to websites or, or, or you know or, or different channels using Web 3.0. Um, the moment you connect, right, you are available. If you disconnect, you are no longer there. So you are in full control of your of your digital identity. You are in full control of your data. You are in full control of your information, right? So nobody can you know in Web 2.0. You know, the moment you register on these websites, the owners of those websites have, you know, ownership of your data. No matter how you look at it, if you go and read Facebook's um, uh, data data policy, privacy policy, if you read most of these other platforms' uh, uh, privacy policy, you you will be shocked at what you signed, accepting, you know, uh, you know, to proceed. Right? They hide a lot of things that give them power. You understand? To even spoof into your data, to be, to be able to use those data 
right to 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 do targeted ads at you to 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 you know suggest a lot of things to you all those kind of stuff right and they can sell those data you know like what happened uh, in the last election where facebook uh, played a huge role in, a, in, in you know in the election and he's been facing that and he has done it over you know a couple of times it's not just not the first time it's it's happened and it's not just them um we've also seen scenarios where um platforms database gets compromised and people's information gets leaked right and you may not be available you may not be aware that it happened and um those data can be sold in the dark web and the person that buys the data can now log in as though he is you into your account and maybe do some some funny things probably take your money and all that but in web 3.0 it's not possible because your your digital identity is fully controlled by you yes there are a couple of um let's say concerns that people have that okay what if you lose your your private key and all that now that now comes back to you as a person how you know security conscious are you when it comes to to, to this now what is the role we are playing in boundless pay in, in, in my company now my company is boundless nexus boundless nexus is a full uh, uh, you know tech company and we have a product boundless pay which is in you know uh, uh, for solving payment problems so starting from boundless pay we're able to list um uh, you know um what do you call it nft tokens which are powered by web triple apart from that we have a project that we have you know a side project is called the nexus protocol nexus protocol is a native token of boundless pay which is going to open us up into the nft world so what we are trying to do right now on the nexus protocol is to give people access to onboard into web 3.0 within 15 minutes what do i mean back in the days in 2013 i was all over the place going to churches and businesses uh business centers and telling people i mean you guys are still analog you have all your data on your on on paper right how about i create a website for you and get help you go digital because the future is on the internet and i made a lot of clients there i met a lot of people then and i made money doing that but today our our message or my personal message have changed um you are digital but have you gone you know um uh, have you have you have you gone web 3.0 you understand currently you have your data stored on a particular server uh things can go wrong and all that how about we help you migrate into web 3.0 so one of the projects we are working on on boundless pay would help anybody whether you know how to build on the internet you know whether you know how to even code or not right whether you know how to um build uh, uh, on web 3.0 or not you can migrate your existing website into web 3.0 version of it within 15 minutes and a couple of clicks so we are doing this in partnership with you know so, some some you know huge blockchain companies the first one um they are going to be announcing that partnership uh, 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 forward protocol in partnership with nexus protocol so so what what we are doing in that one uh, the platform is like um, uh, what do you call it WordPress. So it's the WordPress of Web 3.0. So you can log in the same way you, you can build on WordPress without knowing how to build a website. You can build a website on WordPress. So you can go through that platform and by simple clicks, drag and drops, you can build a full-fledged Web 3.0 website without knowing how to you know build on the blockchain. Now the second one can convert any web 3.0 any web 2.0 website into web 3.0 without any stress so this is what we are doing kind of bringing this technology down we are stepping it down because when you say this thing 
um, um, uh, we, we run a, a huge deficit of developers, blockchain developers um, already, normal blockchain developer. In fact, we run a deficit of developers generally in Nigeria and Africa, right? They are just not so many persons, you know, developing. Now, you know, you know, beyond developing, we are talking about blockchain. So we have few blockchain developers and people are still trying to get a grasp of blockchain development. We are now talking about Web 3.0, you understand? So there are a few persons that, you know, can do this professionally, right? So what we are doing is making it easy so that more people can onboard without really stressing themselves so much. Uh, the future I see, you know, for, for the blockchain is a future where it's no longer as complicated and as is as difficult as it is now in the beginning you know you have to you know uh what do you call it um uh, handle your private keys and do stuff but today there's mpc solution that helps a system manage your private keys for you so you don't get to lose your private key so in the future these things are going to be easy and that's what we are doing thank you wow man i think you guys are just solving a very, very major problem, helping people come to the consciousness and migrate from the web two to web three, and then helping them to, and in, to imagine that that can be done in 15 minutes is, is wonderful. It's amazing, really. All right. So that brings me now to, to uh, Uncle Kaz, uh, um, session. Okay. Talking about web 3.0, what are the problems? I know you stated that before. What are the uh, possibilities and what are the, what, what does it hold for us really? You've, you've said a lot of things about uh, integrity, you know, about um, transparency. Okay. About, um, uh, all right. And these are um, key things. And so um, the, the, um, Facebook uh, and the EU um, crisis at the moment, uh, you know, and these are these are things that that needs to 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 be answered. If we've not solved the misinformation problem at this point, okay, uh, are we ever going to solve it? So I'll just leave you, Ukachi Edu, um, to take your time and just run us through what you have for us on Web 3.0, the the problems, the potentials, and the possibilities. Thank you so much. Well, okay, thank you so much. Well. I Take you back off of your last comment, misinformation. Just like I said, uh, misinformation was, and it still is, a big problem now with the explosion of user-generated content. Anybody can decide to post anything. And recently, there's been a lot of um, AI tools that you can use to generate genuine-looking videos, audios, and all that. You know, the the potential. Information is huge, and with Web 3.0, uh, there's still that risk that it's going to get worse. Though, with the caveat now for it is that with Web 3.0, you can actually track. The, if we are able to blockchains, the blockchain is transparent enough to track the the identity with uh, that is pushing that misinformation. You know. And so that's, that's one of the things I see about um, misinformation in the Web 3.0. Another issue that I see with Web 3.0 is um, basically around that the issue, the, the gray areas really has been around the ability of governments to be able to track and uh, regulate Web 3.0. Yeah. First of all, the thing is, Web, what, the way I see it is, is a tool. Web 3.0 is a tool. It depends on what it's used for, either for good or for evil. 
just as in the same way dynamite was used to to mine gold, mine solid minerals. The same dynamite is still used for bombs, it's still used for missiles, it's still used to kill people. The same way guns are used to protect people, it's the same way guns are also to take lives, you know. And so we really can't we really can't uh, say that we want to stop using Web 3.0. It's a it's a term that is a word that has come to stay, you know. And so what we have to do is we have to begin to look ways to mitigate that that um, evil of Web 3.0. You know, another issue with Web 3.0 is uh, for now because it's still in the infancy stage, there's been a lot of issues trying to scale it up. Because I remember that um, for those for those uh, who have been trying to work on um, cryptocurrencies, those who are in the cryptocurrency world, there's a thing that fees and all that. You know, when you're trying to convert, when you're trying to do a transaction, and because of the bottleneck, because of the constraint of speed, uh, the transaction takes a lot of time. And um, before you know, they charge more fees than normal normal uh, analog or normal uh, transactions will go through. And so uh, there's a lot of solutions coming up in that aspect also. There's a lot of solutions coming up in that aspect. Then the third one I see is that um, the third issue with Web 3.0 is that some people have said, like I said, I see it as a tool. But some, some people have reported that Web 3.0 with the convergence of the digital world and the um, physical world, what it means is that um, distraction in Web 2.0 is already an issue. You know, there's a problem for distraction. People, there's this uh, social media syndrome or disease where, right now where people can't really actually um, bring themselves to put down their phones, maybe because they're engrossed in one thing or the other. And the thing is that that distraction is about to get bigger in Web 3.0 because now you have VR, uh, you have AR, VR is even easier. AR is even worse because the thing is this, if you're, if you're not able to use it in the way it should, you can see a lot of accidents and all that. So those are some of the things that come up with, uh, with 3.0. For me, I see it as a, as a tool. I keep saying I see it as a tool. There are many, there are many things, there are many potential problems you could Potential problems you could have in the same way to money to any tool whatsoever has put problems, has potentials, has possibilities. There are so many things that you could, there are so many use cases that could get wrong. And so uh, I would say everything about it can be potentially, can be potentially a problem. It just depends on how you are about it. So that's where I see the potentials of a 0.0. It's not something that we should shy away from because uh, there's bound to be problems. Problems have always come. We'll keep solving problems. And the thing is that when we solve problems, we'll create new problems and we'll solve that, those problems. So I think we're paying for zero as a good problem to have. And that is how society makes progress, actually, by facing the challenge head on. And that's so how now, this brings us to exactly. Franklin again. Okay, Talking about the future of Web3 now. All right, so we have seen what it is and the, the challenges it holds. So what is the future for Web3, especially for, for the common press, the entrepreneurs, for instance? What, what is the future for creators for Web3, actually? 
awesome, awesome, awesome. The, the future is enormous, is massive. And, um, you know, uh, especially for digital creators, people who, you know, do a lot of things in the digital world. And of course, those who do things in the physical world and they want to take it digitally, um, Web 3.0 gives you uh, access to, you know, a lot of opportunities. But let's, let me start from, you know, the big kind of creators. Let's talk about uh, real estate. Um, you know, uh, you want to buy a house or you build a, you want to build a house and then you conceptualize it. You talk to an architect, the architect does a 3D model of that house. And then you, you go and you literally just watch it. You watch it in this, on the screen. Right. And then you start imagining, okay, okay. This is where the door is, you know, the, the whole video and everything 3D model, beautiful. But then if you notice, if you go to big real estate companies, right. You notice that they actually still replicate a physical 3D model of that, uh, what do you call it, the, the video or the, the, the design. And you see it on the table, like you can actually see the, the, the physical representation of that. Now, NFT, Metaverse and NFT um, solves that problem. You know, through NFTs and Metaverse, they won't have to replicate the physical one, which takes a lot of time. They will simply bring you into that video, into that environment, so that you can walk into the house by yourself, check the rooms, see the dimensions, feel the, the, the place, you understand, and then make your decisions without making assumptions that this is how you know this thing is going to be, right? So the future is huge and is going to play a lot of role in in uh, what in uh, what they call it architecture. It's going to play a lot of role in medicals. Imagine going for an operation and before you are operated on, you get operated on digitally, right? So you simply put on your Oculus glasses and then the doctor does the same thing and you find yourself lying down on the table, the, on, the, on, the, on the bed and the doctor, you know, does the whole stuff, practices on you first, you know, sees the, the points of failures, the possible points of failures and then perfects it before it now comes to, to operate on you physically. So it's going to reduce, uh, um, you know, uh, errors by 99% because, you know, by intuition and all those things, the doctor is able to, to, to apply the same thing on the physical body after trying it on the, on the um, virtual one. Uh, we talk about the, you know, gaming. Gaming, there are lots of people that love gaming and you can't take it away from them. But they play games and they don't make anything out of it. It's more like they waste their time, right? And in some of those games, they earn money. They even spend money to fund their balances in those games, but they are never ever able to take those money out. So what becomes of the whole skill and the whole time they spend doing this thing? Now, if you bring it to the metaverse, to NFTs, right? Those elements in that game can become NFTs. You can literally take those elements out from the game. You understand? You can take it out, you can resell it, you can make money out of it. You know, you, it becomes another money-making thing for you. It's no longer just um, leisure or pleasure. You can make money out of it, you know, um, because it starts making sense. You know, in, in fashion, right, you can wear your, you can, before you even buy a clothes or, or, or request for, for, for a clothes, you can visit the, the, the boutique virtually. You can wear the clothes, you can, 
be sure that this is exactly what you want before you request for it. There are lots of things that can be done in engineering sector before, you know, they usually do simulations, right? So imagine having to do it for real in, 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 in a digital form. Uh, those who are going to like a military, if you talk about military, uh, the military people used to do their trainings, they assume, you know, and then they fight among each other to, to test uh, their weapons and all that. So imagine going to war virtually and, and, and checking out all the possible pos ways, you know, they can fail and solving it in the digital world before they bring it into the physical world. And I'm going to round off with uh, students. Um, since the, the, the um, uh, COVID-19 period, like last two years, right? A lot of people, companies never knew that they a day with their staff working from home. If you, if you had told any company uh, pre-COVID-19 period that there is going to come a day when no, you know, the office is going to be empty, they will tell you no. If, if any staff is going to not come to work, I would rather replace that staff with somebody that is going to come to work. But today, right, it's becoming norm. People are working from home and nothing has happened. Companies are still flourishing. They're even doing better, bigger numbers than they used to do when they had people coming around. So, um, you know, COVID-19 has introduced that virtual experience to us. Now, right now, the metaverse and NFT is going to make it more fun and easy for people to have the sense of presence, right? Working for companies in US and being there digitally present, meeting people physically, shaking hands with them, but you are doing it from your home in, in Nigeria. You understand? So it's going to make the future of work more fun, more flexible, and, and you know, more, more, more uh, uh, practical. Thank you. Thank you so much. Such great insights you are sharing with us. And I can imagine how, um, yes, from now, how the world entirely will change because of Web3, you know. Um, Mbuka, I would like to ask you just a, a little question before we proceed. All right, since you are in the device place, okay, new industry springing up uh, in terms of um, catering for the device need uh, in the Web3. You know, uh, or what would the device interaction kind of be in that virtual world? Since I can, I can be there, I can feel it. Am I going to wear something that? Or what do you think uh, would would need to happen for for us to have that feeling, that full feeling of being live uh, with them? At the same time, it's a virtual world. Well, the thing is this: the the way I, the way the technology is playing out is this. What happens is now that the, the device actually becomes just like a platform. You are not tied to a particular device. And so what that means is that you are able to freely move around. You are able to freely interact. The device is just like an enabling platform, you know. And so what that means is that instead of being tied to your computers, for instance, or tied to your mobile phone or tied to your tablet to be able to interact with the World Wide Web, with augmented reality, uh, you are able to move beyond those limits. And basically what the industry that is actually coming up, that has been getting a lot of traction nowadays is IoT, the Internet of Things. And what that means is that a lot of devices, the devices are getting more intelligent. The Internet is not just, is not just limited to a particular devices, but a lot of devices are coming together to provide that uh, web presence, that 
interaction. So the IoT industry is actually booming at this point. You can actually, and it's being used in uh, industries that need remote sensing, remote monitoring, you know, like people who are in the oil and gas sectors, they use it on their, um, their offshore platforms, they use it on their rigs. In the military is also being used. Uh, in the United States, there's this, there are a lot of companies that are coming up, drones, military technology that are being used, that are controlled from a distance. You don't have to be in the theater of war to be able to control those devices. You know, so war is going digital. There's actually a digital war now. Apart from the digital war of hacking, cyber attacks and all that, there's now the actual physical war that is being driven digitally. You have uh, drones that can fly on them by themselves without any human operator. They can fly and kill someone, you know, and so on and so forth. So basically what that means is that your device is actually using its relevance as your primary platform of computing. I'll say it's now becoming like um, uh, bound, boundless. Just like boundless space, it's becoming borderless. You don't have actually, you know. So, so it's actually becoming boundless. You don't have any limits, actually. Anything can be your point of contact to the World Wide Web. So I think that's what Web 2.0 is actually, being boundless, being borderless. Wow, interesting, interesting. So as we wrap up now, I'd just like to take um, the closing comment from you. Um, for those who are probably new to Web3, uh, what would be your closing remark to them? How, what, what, how would you admonish them? Let's start with you, Franklin. All right, so um, my admonition is going to be that um, the industry is fast growing. Is, I mean, the, the rate of growth and change in, in the blockchain industry and the tech industry is, is, is massive, right? So try as much as you can to catch up because the moment you relax, you will lose out on 10 years of, of change in two months. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So you need to try to as much as you can keep catching up so that you don't get left behind. Um, and you can do this by attending events like this. You know, this is an amazing platform for you to learn and to follow up. Join communities. You may not have to go and buy books and watch videos. If you are part of communities, just, you know, you know, you know conversing in their WhatsApp group can open your eyes to a lot of things that you never knew were available. You understand? And then try to participate. Apart from observing, participate. If, if there are people are talking about NFTs, Try and buy one, even if it's zero point two dollar worth. I've seen some cheap NFT, so that you have that experience of what it's all about, right? And then there are materials all over the place. If you go on YouTube and just search, you don't even need to pay. You are going to see videos upon videos of materials. So that time you would have used to spend on Instagram, you know, watching all these our comedians. It's beautiful, yes, right? But you can apply that same time learning new things. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Franklin. Thank you for the wealth of um, knowledge and insights you shared with us. Chedu, uh, over to you, please. Yes, I also want to Franklin stop. And the first thing is you need to learn. You need to learn and be open. Be very open. Because the thing is, is don't think because there's a prevailing technology, the next generation is not at hand. When the Stone Age was living, when we're entering the industrial age, stones did not leave the world. They are still around. When the industrial age was coming and we were living the stone age, 
it seems as if uh, they'll continue to reign forever, but nothing reigns forever. Technology is evolving at a fast pace. You must be at, you must be at the cutting edge. Things get obsolete in like how many months time. So be open to new ideas. Be open to new ideas. That's what I want to say because it's a, it's a new world. Things are changing. Some of the assumptions you hold before is so true again. Because there are certain technologies that are coming that are shaking and shifting. So I'd like you to be open, just like Franklin also said, be open to learning. Practic practicing some of these things incrementally, bit by bit. You can buy one uh, NFT, you can buy one cryptocurrency, try trading, see how it works, see how the technology works, read about it, you know, and just put yourself in the midst of things. And another thing is don't, don't underrate the power of association, where you are matters. You should try to connect with communities that help you uh, get the most of emerging technologies. Some of, these things, some of these things, the mainstream does not know about it. They don't care about it. They see it as if it's juju or it's voodoo or something. But the thing is this. Be in the, north, in the forefront of what is coming up. Be in the community of people who are at the forefront. A community like this, Startup Grand, is a good way to start. There are also other communities out there that you can also connect to also. The other thing is this. When you know about it, try to tell someone about it. You know, one of the best ways of learning is when you try to explain it to someone else. That's when you can really know whether you have actually understood what you think you know. So when you try to uh, explain it to someone else, you begin to notice the gaps in the knowledge that you are missing. So, and from there, you get better with it. So th those are the ways in which I feel you can get better and you can plug into this uh, revolution that is ongoing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hukachi Edu. Thank you, Franklin Peters, for taking out the time to join us at our Web3 um, event this month. Uh, subsequently, we'll be having um, other events, other Web3 events. I'll be sending out newsletters um, to that course. Uh, the African Summit is coming up very soon. We'll also inform and intimate you about that. Uh, where we are hoping that, uh, yes, Uncle uh, Kachidu will also be speaking at the African Summit too. Uh, all right, so, uh, and I'm hoping to see Franklin at the Africa Summit too. Thank you guys for, for choosing to devote your time to enlightening us about Web3, uh, what the future holds for Web3, and what are the problems, what are the possibilities, and what are the potentials of Web3. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us.